back to Tay Learning. My name is Danny, And I'm Olivia. We are your co-hosts. So at this point, by the time this episode comes out, it will have been almost two weeks since the release of Midnight's. And that means that there's been a lot of time to marinate with it, probably for you, the listener. For us, we're recording this a week after it came out. But because we have been so constantly listening, I think that that's probably a good point for us to do what Olivia promised we would do last week, which is... Ranking our songs on Midnight's. I know I've definitely been only listening to Midnight's by Taylor Swift for the past week, to be honest. (laughs) So I'm not going to say I get tired of it, but I am really worried about getting tired of it and burning myself out on it. So like yesterday, I listened to some other songs and I've been like mixing it up. But then I'm like, okay, but I have to go back and listen to something from Midnight's. So because I know myself, I know that I will get sick of it if I burn it out too quick. See, it's a really good test for me and where Midnight's is going to stand with me in the long run if I push it until I burn out. The reason why Lover is my favorite album by Taylor Swift is because it was the only thing I could listen to, physically could listen to, wanted to listen to for three months straight. And it made me so happy for three months. So I need to see where it stands in comparison to that. Fair enough. That's not a bad litmus test. I felt very strongly kind of that way about red taylor's version i still listened to other things but also red tv was 30 songs so and i wasn't super into red when it came out in 2012 so it was a nice moment for me to experience something that i couldn't experience when i was 16 because of my internalized misogyny yeah i do love this album i still love this album i know i said it last week i still feel very passionately about ardently defending this album everything down to the sexy baby line always i will fight for that line as well fight for sexy baby (laughs) and that was a line that you didn't like at first either so you now understanding and being willing to defend it i think says a lot about the line itself i really i felt like neutral about i was like i feel like i just don't understand what she meant and then it like hit me i know exactly what she means and one of my friends commented on a tiktok video of somebody and said get your bag but this is exactly what taylor meant when she said sexy baby and i I don't want to call out that tiktoker um or that friend specifically but I looked at the TikTok video and I was like, oh my God, that is exactly what Taylor meant when she said sexy baby. And I feel like it's a lot of men that don't understand what that word, not word, that lyric means. It's wildly difficult to explain to men who have never experienced the idea of like what a sexy baby is in society and like what that generally means for women, like that men hold us to this societal beauty standard of the younger you look, the better. That's why women use retinol that's why women use spf like we're trying to remain looking as young as possible because as we age a lot of men tend to find even younger women attractive which is the core of the issue and so that's hard to explain to men when they don't really analyze it like that interesting especially when like silver foxes and whatever yeah this is unrelated but as we're recording right now olivia and i record over zoom for what it's worth and the Midnight's album is behind you. And that's so interesting that we're actually, we're here. It's happening. Like I see I the vinyl. Know, it's so real. <laughs> it's a, my vinyl got in yesterday too. And I, a lot of my signed stuff went to my mother. And so I had to call her and be like, will you open all of it for me so I'm I can so see? Got all my signed stuff. So I bought all four variants of vinyl and CD because I'm insufferable and I hate having money apparently. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I got my Moonstone edition of the vinyl and my other two packages of the cds and the rest of the vinyls have not shipped i mean it 
it says like the order was processed and there's a label made through FedEx, but they like, I don't know where it is. It hasn't shipped. That's so silly. It made it to the middle of nowhere, Kansas before it made it to you in Michigan. I'm so worried that like they lost it and it's never going to be able to get replaced. Because that's happened to you before. Olivia has been burned by this before. I have been burned by Taylor's store before. (laughs) To keep this episode as much on track as we can, I know last week was pretty chaotic because of the nature of what it was. And frankly, the week before our drunk episode was chaotic as well because of the nature of what it was. So we do have a system. We want to rank this album for you. We want to tell you what album we think each song would have been on if it didn't end up on Midnight's. And if we have standout lyrics, we're going to talk about those as well. Because now that we're weekend and we were able to analyze the lyrics more, we want to be able to talk about them. To start this off, I'm going to read through our initial rankings after (laughs) one listen. We listened to Midnight's and then we did an immediate ranking without going back and listening again. So we had to just do it by whatever memory we had of the song. I'm already so embarrassed. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. This is our first impressions ranking. <laughs> first impressions without being able to go back and see what we actually felt. So we're going to start with Olivia so that she can cringe first. In this order, and keep in mind, we this was before the 3 a.m. tracks came out. So they're yes. not on this list. This is because- literally at 12.44 a.m. <laughs> yeah, like we had just finished the album. So... Olivia's number one, Karma. Number two, Vigilante Shit. Number three, Mastermind. Number four, Lavender Haze. Number five, Labyrinth. Number six, Question. Seven, Antihero. Eight, Bejeweled. Nine, Midnight Rain. Ten, Maroon. Eleven, Snow on the Beach. Twelve, Sweet Nothing. Thirteen, You're on Your Own, Kid. No! (laughs) That one has grown on me so much. Yeah, same. Because my ranking, one, anti-hero. Two, karma. Three, lavender haze. Four, vigilante shit. Five, question. Six, midnight rain. Seven, maroon. Eight, sweet nothing. Nine, snow on the beach. Ten, mastermind. Eleven, labyrinth 12 you're on your own kid 13 bejeweled man we were just dogging on you're on your own kid we really were i think because and we talked about this last week there's this expectation for track five to be the saddest song on the album when really yeah it's the most vulnerable song on the album and if you're not listening to the lyrics it doesn't sound like the most vulnerable song on the album but it straight up is yeah but that was one listen. So we couldn't go back. We couldn't go back and say, actually, I like the chorus on you. No. Compare these two. We couldn't yeah. do that. Nope. You, you could compare them like in your head. You could say, I remember this lyric versus this lyric. No. It's really interesting uh, because Danny and I have made our ultimate rankings one week into having Midnight's like separately already. And it's really interesting listening to the original first impression ranking and seeing where some of those songs have stood the test of time and which ones have ended up falling down and which ones have risen up in our rankings it's just really interesting what we're gonna do is we're gonna roll this wheel and we're going to oh it's playing like music can you hear the music (laughs) no oh it's like playing music in my ear for when it selects something so i rolled the wheel and we're just gonna give the title of the song where it's at in our ranking so we can do the ultimate reveal at the end so that first song is question. Can I ask you a question? What's your number? Where does it fall? 16. 
16. Mm-hmm. Yo! I do want to make a disclaimer. This is a no skip album for me. So even if I have something low, it doesn't mean I don't like it. Question, I just compared to the ones I have above it, isn't as impressive of a song to me, but I still like the song. So that's my disclaimer. If something's low, doesn't mean I hate it. If I hate a song, I will tell you I hate a song. Fair enough. Girl at home. All the ones in the middle for me are interchangeable and it was the hardest part for me to rank them. So like I literally just changed it right now because I ranked them at freaking midnight last night when I was (laughs) in my feels. And so they were whatever. I just changed things up just now. I have question at nine. Okay. Solid middle of the road. It's a good song. It's just, it isn't her most impressive on the album. That's totally true. I think I just, I love the, oh, I remember. Like, I, I love that so much. It gives me chills. And I think that's why I ranked it where I did last night. And then I just moved it down a spot. Cause I was like, yeah. no, the song as a whole. I just it's so funny too. Like I, we were just talking before we got on about how music is so subjective to people and everyone's been digesting this album differently. I have a friend, Audrey, who question is in her top two. So if we had to put question on an album, what album does it belong on? 1989. Sure. I was going to say 1989 as well. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, it sounds like a 1989 pop song and it's about the same subject as 1989 is about. So I feel like that's where it fits. Same subject, wink, wink. Save that for the deep dive later. But I agree. Okay. So 1989 for sure. The next song is Glitch. I think there's been a glitch. What number? 17. <laughs> 19 yeah it's down there but wait still a vibe what the fuck wait a second i forgot to rank a song because i only have 20 on this fucking list and hits different is on here what did i forget about forget oh my god what did i forget wait a second (laughs) no 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 i remember why because i was like god i like this the more i listen to it and so i was struggling to rank it and then i just forgot to (laughs) I need to fucking rank it real quick. It's, ah, okay, okay. Okay, so backing up a little bit, backing up a little bit, question is actually 10 because I forgot to rank a song. I'll not tell you what that song is because then that gives away that it was in like the top 10, but I forgot to rank a song <laughs> and uh, that makes Glitch my number 20. Okay, okay. Yeah, Glitch is my 17. The jump scare in the middle really throws me <laughs> off. The big pause and then Glitch. I think I have the reaction for the 3 a.m. songs on my phone. So we're going to have to look back on our initial reaction because we both literally jumped. In my memory, at least, we both physically jumped. We were also really tired and also drunk. So we might not have physically jumped, but in our brains, we were like, whoa, that was a lot. That was was intense. (laughs) If it were on a different album. If it were on a different album. ah. I feel like Reputation, maybe. I was thinking Reputation. I was thinking Reputation as well, probably. Could be Lover, but it feels a little bit too vibey. It's too vibey for Lover, I think. It's pretty vibey, which isn't, again, a, a bad thing. But, like, mm-hmm. I like the thing that's in the background, like that synth thing. I really like that, but it still falls in my number 20. Yeah. I won't fight in the trenches for Glitch versus other songs, you know, but I do like it. For sure. The next song, High Infidelity. Infidelity, put on your records and regret me. This is my number 14. Number 14? Okay. Is it because you feel like a smart Swifty because you were able to yes. tie it to? It makes me enjoy the song better when I feel like I'm a smart Swifty with it. Well, it comes in at number 19 for me. 
Okay. If it had to be on another album, I I haven't given this one a ton of thought because like mm-hmm. if it were slowed down, it could totally be on like folklore evermore. I don't really know. I feel like just on sound, it could be on red. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad assessment. Content-wise, no. Yeah. Red Taylor was Girl at Home era Taylor. And High Infidelity era Taylor is different, yeah, obviously, no. than Red Taylor. But based <laughs> yeah. off of just sonically, I feel like it could have fit on Red. The Girl at Home to High Infidelity pipeline. Like, <laughs> girls are not down for cheating or being cheated with unless they're pretty sure it's the love of their life. Quote me. <laughs> Quote me. Maybe I like High Infidelity so much because it's so anti-girl at home and I hate (laughs) girl at home so much. (laughs) Oh man, okay. So the next one is Paris. I love this song. This is my number eight. Paris is my number 11. I love it. Somebody pointed out for me and now I can't hear the song the same. No, no, no. It's not bad. She just, she says like the lights at midnight on the building and she's talking about the Eiffel Tower. The shining lights, those flashing lights turn off at 1145 in Paris. They don't go until midnight. You got to remember, it's like they're in Paris. She's not in Paris. They're pretending. I know, but she says <laughs> like the flashing lights at midnight. And I, I I literally found out this that they don't go until midnight because apparently a ton of Swifties went to Paris to see the lights, oh the flashing lights at midnight, and then they shut off. That's so funny. <laughs> That's how I found that out. That's so funny. This feels like it could be a Red Taylor's version vault track. Yeah, it kind of gives message in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. It would get along with message in a bottle and the very last night very well. I totally agree. I could see that. I also could see it on 1989, but maybe that's because it's pop perfection. And I mean, I like same. Honestly, we could just throw all the songs on 1989 and it would make sense. Let's be real. Probably. <laughs> this next one is karma. Karma fell in the rankings. <gasps> number two. Oh. <laughs> For the first time on this ranking, we have the same ranking. Karma's my number two. Wow. It still is my number two. It was my number two in my initial listen, and it's my number two now. I, I wonder I, how many same Z's we're going to have. I know. I attach to song Like, when I hear a song and I really, really like it, I attach to that song. So yeah. I can think of songs that the first time I heard them, it did something to me. I attach to a song. I also think of our dance that we made. We really yeah. We made a silly dance, and I wish we could have, like, <laughs> recorded us dancing to it before I left. <laughs> Just because it was it was too much fun. This one does have a favorite line for me. And I think it's just the cat person in me. The karma is a cat purring in my lap because it loves me. I like karma is a god. And I don't know why. I don't know why. But I love the like karma is a god. Like it almost sounds like she's declaring it on some. I know. I don't know. I think this whole chorus is just so good because I feel like my second place line would be Karma's a relaxing thought. Aren't you envious that for you, it's not? That's immediately going to be an Instagram caption for me. Probably today, actually. Literally. If I'm I'm being perfectly honest. If it had to go on an album, it would probably be 
You know, my mind went to reputation, lover. but lover. It would be this lover. So lover. It's lover. lover all over it. The name is giving reputation. The song is giving yeah, lover. Because she's singing about like, my life is so good now. Like I have a boyfriend who's so good. I have a cat who's so good. Life for you sucks. That's that sucks for you. But like life is good for me. That's oh, so lover. Taylor Swift That's herself. So I forgot that you existed. <laughs> it is. Taylor Swift herself could not have anticipated that this song would come out on this album during the final nail in the coffin of the downfall of Kanye West. Okay, but for real though. <laughs> like and Rolling Karma Stone. Rolling Stone making a TikTok making fun of Kanye for getting his oh, sponsorship drop because he straight up said, I could make anti-Semitic comments and they won't drop me. Bullshit. And also, fuck you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I know we had our Rise of the Snake episodes and I have the ability in my brain for the most part to separate the art from the human. His art is obviously tainted, but mostly he just sucks as a person. Anything he releases from here on out is going to be a mess because I do believe people change yeah. and that goes to better and worse. And when he released College Dropout almost 20 years ago, he was inarguably a better person than he is now. Fuck you, Kanye West. Yeah, and of course, like the point that he keeps doing these awful things over and over this isn't his first time and this isn't my first time disliking Kanye West like it kind of sucks I had to get this far for people to have reactions to it but it's nice that it's finally happening his comeuppance is upon him next is Bejeweled best believe I'm still Bejeweled when I walk in the room I can still make the whole place Bejeweled where is Bejeweled Bejeweled is 13 for me Bejeweled is 12 for me it rose up a little it was it was the last on my list of the 13 original tracks when we first yeah. listened to it it rose up because of the music video <laughs> it's a fun music video this stuck out to me on the first listen there's a lyric in it where she goes some guy said my aura's moonstone just because he was high like i love that because i'm like that is totally something that somebody stoned would say love that <laughs> that's totally something that somebody stoned would say I don't know about an album because like 1989 lover oh. I think lover it, it, it's like that um cutesy funzy pop that lover is I think 1989 was fun pop but in a serious way and lover was fun pop in a fun way she'd be more likely to say the phrase hi like yeah. he was high in lover era but also you she compared last week in paper rings she did you said last week that the nice reminded you a lot of spelling is fun and again I don't oh, yeah. like spelling is fun I never <laughs> liked spelling is fun I love nice but if they give the same energy then love her for sure oh yeah like she had so much fun making this song you can tell next is a labyrinth labyrinth is number 15 for me it's 18 for me Labyrinth is one of those ones that stuck out to me a lot on the first listen. I think I had it ranked really, really highly. And it's one of those ones that I will defend. I feel like it's been getting shit on. Even Taylor Swift herself like commented on a TikTok making fun of the, like my roommate calls it, which is really funny. The Jack Antonoff jump scare in the middle, like the most intense lyrics you've ever heard in your life. And then... It's, people have compared that to an elephant. People have said that it's her cat stepping on the keyboard. I will defend this song because it doesn't need this insane climax. It's like, it feels like it, it's straight up. I'm going to out myself right now. It feels like being on a drug 
and like not being able to get this thought out of your head. We have an anxiety series that's going to be upcoming whenever that happens. And the, uh oh, I'm falling in love on repeat over and over again is what it feels like to be super high or drunk and the walls are talking back to you, like she said in her post. And I mean, most of the song is her repeating, I'm falling in love over and over and over again. Taylor Swift and her repetition, it's not accidental or lazy. She does that on purpose. And I don't know. I feel like this song is just so beautiful. And if it were on folklore, people wouldn't be shitting on it. I completely agree with you. If this song had been on folklore, Evermore people would have absolutely eaten it up. But it wasn't. And And knowing the context about her life and everything she went through emotionally in 2016... And then immediately connecting with Joe, the line, I thought the plane was going down. How do you turn it right around? Immediately stood out to me as one yeah, of that my grabbed, lines in the song. That grabbed you out the gate. Yeah. Out the gate. On its own, it's kind of a cheesy line. The context matters here. Mm-hmm. And we were talking this morning, Olivia, about how this album is feels like a specific love letter written to the fans. And if you don't know anything about Taylor Swift's lore, this song might not matter. Knowing her lore matters on this one. Exactly. I feel like that kind of goes for a ton of her music too. There are a lot of songs in my past history of being a Swifty that I liked, but I didn't understand deeply. And I just liked it because of course it's Taylor Swift. But once I learned about her life, that gave me so much context about why she makes the references that she does, the connections between her songs. And I feel like that makes me love and appreciate her art even more, knowing mm-hmm. where it came from and where it was inspired. A lot of her songs, the context doesn't matter. Like, you don't need to know that she and Joe are together for Invisible String to hit you. But does yeah. it hit you harder if you do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what album this would be on because it doesn't fit on another album. If it were slowed down and the synth was removed from it, or even if the synth had stayed Labyrinth? on it, and it was just a weird standout. Yeah. I feel like it would fit perfectly on folklore, almost even exactly with the how it is. even with the synth. I mean, sure, remove the synth, but like the way she, the, her vocals are, I would put it more on Evermore because Evermore has closure with the damn drum thing. So if it's gonna have another weird, I've, I've said I said this last night to Rebecca or two nights ago, my roommate. If you don't get the synth, it's the same as not getting the drums at the beginning of closure for me. I don't hate closure. I know you don't like closure very much. I don't like closure. <laughs> uh, it's a, for me, it's a, if you get it, you get it. And it's okay if you don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like the song itself, like at its basis, would have been beautiful in folklore. Next <laughs> is Maroon. So Maroon has soared to the top for me. It's number five. Maroon is my number six. I like Maroon a lot. The more and more I listen to it. I really struggled at the beginning because I really didn't like the lyrics so scarlet it was maroon because (laughs) that's like saying so cerulean it was navy bitch those are two different colors like she's clearly smarter than us though and knew what she was doing yeah I saw a lyrical analysis of that line because somebody on TikTok was like this line didn't make any sense to me but then I thought more about it and 
it does make sense, but on its own, it doesn't make sense. If you listen to the rest of the song, it does make sense. One listen through, all I heard was so scarlet, it was maroon. I didn't really understand anything else she said. <laughs> My favorite part during this song is the final chorus where her voice gets really monotone and really raspy. It makes me feral. <laughs> I like I the bass it. on it. I like the bass comes in with a dun, dun, dun. I also like, as she loosens up as the song goes on like at the end she's like so scarlet it was maroon. like feels like she's falling so apart throughout the song oh, i love it if it had to be on another album i i don't fucking know if you like reputation reputation you reputation song reputation probably but that's only because it's the one that would make the most sense on i don't think it makes sense anywhere else this is a midnight song yeah <laughs> we had to i feel like reputation bigger than the whole sky Disclaimer, this is a really beautiful song and I appreciate it for what it is. 19. I agree with that disclaimer because I would cry. Like this is a song that I'd put on while I'm crying to. It's my 15, but understanding it it might move ranks for me. I just, like I mentioned last week, I, I'm grieving right now over the loss of my dogs that I had for 15 years. And that's yeah. ever present in my life, no matter how happy I'm acting. I am like constantly a little bit sad about that. Yeah. So this song in terms of grief hit me really hard. Yeah, I feel like this song is uh, probably ranked so low for me right now because I'm not going through any life altering grief right now. But it is one that I would turn to if I, when I go through that, because let's be real. (laughs) Bigger Than the Whole Sky is a beautiful song. It is about grief. It could go on folklore or evermore and make perfect sense. I can see that too. In, In my mind. I don't know which one it's more likely. Maybe evermore. Because Evermore has a little bit more production in it than Folklore does, I think. Yeah, I feel like it would fit better on Evermore as well. I feel like Folklore literally embodies the idea of folklore as just a word on its own more so than Evermore does. Evermore hits home with Taylor a little more accurately, I feel like. So the last one we're going to do before we shout out our sponsor is Lavender Haze. Lavender Haze dropped a couple for me because it was my immediate three and this was really really tough it's It's five now for me I and I love Lavender Haze from five up my top five are going to like stay in my rotation for months to come and Lavender Haze is one of them I'm not gonna lie I'm not like confident in expressing my number one eventually because the top few are just Every time I listen to one of those songs on its own, I'm like, that's clearly my favorite. But like, no, the other one is, but that one is. That's me for my like top four, or sorry, for my five to number two. My number one, you know what my number one is. If you listen last week, you probably know what my number one is. I'm not going to say it yet. That will not change. It has not changed. But two through five, they're just vibing with each other. They're just rolling around. This was my ranking last night at midnight specifically. (laughs) My Um, favorite line from Lavender Haze is... I'm damned if I do give a damn what people say. It just flows so nicely. That was up there, but I heard immediately the only kind of girl they see is a one night or a wife. And I love that line. And I love the way she delivers it too. Yeah. And she doesn't say one night. I I love it. I love it so much. This one is just to me, the epitome of Midnight's because that was our first impression of it. So it's so hard for me to put it on another album. 
but maybe lover. I would say probably lover if it had to go on something else, if I'm yeah. being perfectly honest. I feel like a lot of these songs would need production changes to fit on the other albums. But the message fits on lover, I think. Yeah. Well, I wonder what our sponsors over at Anchor think, what their personal favorite song on the <laughs> album is. But let, let's talk about them for a minute and then roll it back. So I spun the wheel again, and we have Midnight Rain. He was sunshine, I was midnight. He wanted a comfortable, I wanted that day. I want you to guess where mine is. I don't remember what numbers you said yet. Just, you don't need to know the numbers, just yes. Okay, eight. One. <gasps> Midnight Rain is your number one? I love this song so much. Oh, wow. It's my nine. <laughs> yeah, this one exponentially grew on me. Yeah, no shit. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Let me pull up. What, what was the original number it was? Somewhere in the middle. It was. I was neutral uh, about it. It was 10. It was <laughs> 10. Oh, my God. This is such a vibe. It's so vibey. I had a really hard time placing this song. I love this song so much. And I'm not confident in like my absolute number one. Like I'm not confident walking around saying Midnight Rain is my favorite from this album. But comparing it to all the other ones, I ranked it above it. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> yeah, that I'm makes not confident that's what, saying like, that's my favorite. But like that that's what makes it number one, though, is that you rank it above the other ones. That That's what that means. I know. I really like Midnight Rain. Midnight Rain and Maroon are so similar in my head, which is funny because Maroon is yeah. ranked six. Midnight Rain is ranked nine. But depending on each moment of the day, they could switch those positions yeah i can see that i guess i feel like this is an example of a song that doesn't like ultimately climax anywhere but the vibe of the voice distortion chorus it's just i could listen to that voice distortion chorus on a loop infinitely (laughs) i love that for you if it had to be on another album though i think the only thing it could make sense on is reputation to me Hmm. I feel like it could be on 1989 as well, but it would just have to be produced differently. I guess so. It's very Midnight's. That song is very, very Midnight's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're on your own, kid. You're on your own, kid. You always have been. By the way, just to remind the audience, was Olivia's last ranked and my second to last ranked. Yeah, that's so embarrassing because this is a solid six. It's my number three. Ooh. It moved up a lot. It's so good. It makes me super, super emotional. It rem- Okay. I want to remind the audience here that between two and five, they're all pretty much interchangeable for me. You're on your own kid really, really hits in that bridge because it has that climactic moment that I do enjoy in songs. And when I saw somebody say that each part of the bridge is explaining like the story of her life, it just. It punched me in the face. I really like You're On yeah. Your Own Kid. It didn't do much for me on the first listen. And now when it comes on, the summer went away, still the yearning stays. I'm like, oh, like here it. we go. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, that bridge is so good too. Because it's so sad when you see the trajectory of her life kind of start to go downhill. And then it it makes you, as a fan who we care about her and we want her to be happy and not depressed and hate herself, Um it makes us feel sad and feel really sympathetic and empathetic toward her. 
but then she spins it up and she's like but then I looked around I saw something that they couldn't take away and just really take the moment and taste it like it's gonna be okay and it just makes me so emotional that she's come to that conclusion on her own and despite everything she's been through it's just a very triumphant song I think it's such a good track five it's so good I think that like musically it almost could fit on 1989 as one of the slow tracks because there aren't really slow tracks on there. I know you're giving me a weird face, but lyrically it wouldn't because she wasn't talking about her eating disorder in retrospect. Like lyrically it would go on folklore evermore. Right. Yeah. I think I agree with that. I don't think it would fit on lover. And you're the lover stand. So I'll trust you. I don't, I'm not feeling that. (laughs) The next one is sweet. Nothing. All that you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing. This one is my number 11. That doesn't mean I hate it. I really like it. It's my number four. <laughs> I knew it was going to be high for you. <laughs> I, it was It was pretty low for both of us out the gate. It was my eight and your 12. But yeah, I feel like the more that I get familiar with the Midnight's album, the more and more I can pick out what makes songs stand out from each other because of course in the first listen I couldn't sing any of those songs to you after the first listen besides like Lavender Haze (laughs) maybe Um, and I felt that way about Folklore I felt like all the songs felt the same I felt that way about Lover on my first listen I felt like all the songs sounded the same and it's just because I didn't know them very well and after our first few listens of the Midnight's album, I felt very strongly that the idea of a fast paced versus slow song on this album didn't exist. And now I very much don't agree with that opinion. Sweet Nothings is the sweet slow song of the album. I really enjoy Sweet Nothings melody. <laughs> it's so pretty. It almost gives me like the dun 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 dun, dun. reminds me of Invisible String. which is we know is my favorite song on folklore. I love that really ethereal melody. I'm such a fan of that. I want to take a quick second to talk about that opening verse because I really love it. And I interpret that opening stanza as is that they picked up a pebble and it is the one pebble in Wicklow that ended up back with them wherever their home was in New York City or wherever they're staying. Mm -hmm. And she's comparing herself to that pebble. Does she ever miss having that life that isn't bigger than life? And it's a really just, it's a beautiful, it's it's so beautiful to me. Like, oh, I just got shivers. It's (laughs) because it's talking about her love with Joe Alwyn and for Joe Alwyn while also talking about how she's overwhelmed by this existence. But this existence brought her Joe, basically. Yeah. And it has one of my favorite standout lyrics out the gate. And I did buy the cropped tea too soft for all of it. <laughs> Olivia uh, said last week that Reputation Taylor was just a front and that song proves it. And I love that. Yeah. Like Reputation was an act to protect herself, but it wasn't who she was. Like she could be like, if I mean talk shit, then I'm nothing. But like she's just at too her core too soft for all of it. Mm-hmm. The next song is Mastermind. I told you I'm a mastermind. Mastermind is my number nine. It's my number 13. Yeah, this one did not stand the test of time, but I don't know. I still really love it. I love the ending of Mastermind and how, you know, she built this entire song about 
you know, none of this was accidental. I'm a mastermind. I plotted and I made this happen. So you would think it was accidental, but it wasn't because I was just plotting the whole time. And she eventually gets the courage to tell Joe that, Hey, did you know that um, none of this was accidental? And he goes, Mm-hmm. yeah i knew <laughs> yeah she's the, like wait what <laughs> the end of the song and he has this wide smirk she says he's like yeah i fucking knew and it, it it parallels sweet nothing when the line what a mind this happens all the time he knows how smart she is yeah and it is kind of sweet and reassuring too that like the entire song kind of paints this picture that she's really insecure that the only reason why they ended up together was because she forced it to happen. And when she gets to the end and like reveals this to him and he's like, I knew the entire time it reinforces that they were not only a match made because she forced it to happen, but because he genuinely wanted it to happen too. Like she laid a trap thinking she had to trap him and he saw the trap and was like, looks good to me. I'm going to actively decide to walk in that trap. (laughs) Again, we talked last week about our own mastermind experiences and how you were the mastermind in your relationship. And I most certainly was not in mine. I relate to Joe Alwyn because I saw exactly what Matt was doing and I walked into it anyway. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting to me that that fell so much in your rankings, but not as we said last week, it's not because mastermind was worse it was because other things exactly yeah that's how I feel about most of these songs I mean the last two on my rankings I'm pretty neutral about overall but the ones in the middle or even the lower middle they're not there because I don't like them and I feel like that's a lot of Swifties get carried away in rankings like there has to be an album that's like second to last it doesn't mean I hate the album I love the album but it has to be, there has to be a second to last. <laughs> yeah. Cause people will comment on people's rankings and say justice forevermore. And I'm like, I love evermore. It has yeah. Ivy on it. It has tolerated on it for you. But that's the I way rankings- debut. Debut's my last, but I, I love it. <laughs> the most genius rankings video that I've seen. And I can't remember the creator, but he posted, he's like my midnight's rankings, but I'm only posting the top four so that no one can drag me. And so as each song would play, it wouldn't show up unless it was in his top four. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> genius if it had to be on another album mastermind i was gonna say i completely forgot about the song we were talking <laughs> mastermind with lover i think lover absolutely lover yeah my roommate's favorite from this album woulda coulda shoulda woulda coulda shoulda if you'd never looked my way i woulda stayed uh this, okay, it feels it feels wrong to rank <laughs> to this me. One feels wrong to rank for me. This one I feel like doesn't fit on midnights. This one does not belong on midnights to me, okay. sonically or story wise. I mean, maybe story wise, I can buy I can buy the story wise, but sonically, I think it. I mean, I, she probably did this on purpose. To me, it sounds so much like a Speak Now Vault track, like what a Speak Now Vault track would sound like, and I don't think that was something accidental <laughs> but it just stacking it up against the other songs on midnight just it just feels wrong I have it number four because I think it's incredible but it just feels wrong comparing it to lavender haze yeah I I really struggled with where to put this one because I I'm gonna say this right now I think that the best song on this album is would have could have should have 
I think it is the best song on this album. It is not my number one. Speak Now is not my favorite album. It does feel like a Speak Now vault track to me. Even like All Too Well isn't my favorite Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Is it the best song I think she's ever released? I do. I do think that. Or at least I did before this album. I need more time with it. I like New Romantics more than I like All Too Well. All Too Well is a better song. Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda is the best song on this album. It is my number seven. I mean, it's still high up there. We have 21 yeah. Tracks. So technically it's, it's in the top third. It's, I saw a very validating, there's a TikTok series where someone says uh, best, worst, and fave, where they post the best song of an album, the worst song of an album and their favorite. And it's validating to be reminded that your favorite and the best do not have to be the same. No. I mean, that's literally me with my favorite Taylor Swift album. Cause I don't think lover gets a lot of love in the Swifty community. So when I disclose that my favorite album by her is lover people always come at me with things like well this album was so much better and more cohesive than lover was like yeah sure sure but that's my favorite (laughs) you can't take away why my favorite is my favorite exactly exactly i know she has better albums out there i know (laughs) but But lover is my favorite (laughs) invalidate yeah it doesn't invalidate your favorite why it's your favorite whatever I do yeah. think Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda is the best song on this album. It's so good. Wheel of Spinning. We only have five left, so it's Really? Struggling. I feel like we've barely done any. And, oh, it's on the line. Which one's it going to pick? Okay. Snow on the Beach. But it's coming down, no sound. It's all around, like snow on the beach. 20. 21. It's a good song. Um, it's not my favorite. I don't think it's bad. It doesn't do much for me. Even knowing the lyrics, it doesn't do that much for me. But it's very pretty background music. It's, I keep saying this because it set, stands the same to me. It sounds like she has, like, that she has a requirement of the amount of time she has to curse on this song. And it really bothers me hearing yeah. it like that. Like, I like the clean version of this song better. Weird, weird, but it's beautiful because it feels less forced to me. Because the way she says fuck in this song, but weird, but fucking beautiful. Like, it's so... Do you feel like that's a Lana influence? It absolutely is a Lana influence. That's totally some stuff that she pulls on most of her albums. But I like the like the beginning, the little strings, the beginning, I really enjoy. So again, this is a no-skip yeah. album for me. But the strings this... at the beginning make me feel like um, Harry Potter, but before the whole series turns dark and goblet of fire prisoner of azkaban like if harry was walking around hogsmeade in like chamber of secrets but even though he's not old enough to yet because like he has to be 13 but like if that's what i get that is so specific and i know exactly what you mean or maybe like when harry gets like the sweater from ron's family that's what it is that's so cute i hear those strings at the beginning and i think of the first meal after the sorting hat ceremony yeah (laughs) it's so funny because I'm pretty sure on the first listen, I was like, this sounds like, like something, it's like a fantasy. It was Harry Potter is what I was trying to like place my finger on. Like happy Harry Potter. Happy Harry Potter. You know, before shit hits the fan. <laughs> okay. Dear reader. Do you read when you aim at the devil? Make sure you don't miss. 21. I knew that was going to be your 21, and that makes me sad. It's my 17, so it's not high, but... It's a beautiful song with a beautiful message. It just never does anything for me. And by the time... I've been listening to 
midnights over and over and over and over and over all week while working and I listen to it in chronological order and whenever would have could have should have finishes up you know we end on this amazing high note and I'm like I just need to start the album over again okay I like this song but I'm gonna do like a a quiet little analysis I really like that line of if it feels like a trap you're already in one and I like that the whole thing is if you wouldn't take my word for it if you knew who was talking it's the entire song is here's all this advice but don't listen to me I love that I love that so much and just mini analysis time the title dear reader like directly references Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre and the final line of the novel says dear reader I married him and it's like the most iconic line in literature or definitely Mm -hmm. one of them and I think it's such a an excellent way to pay homage to something so iconic and also bring that into like modern day and I like dear reader for those reasons I think it's a good song just doesn't do much for me and that's the end of the album and I hit the end of what it could have should have all right let's start over do you agree with my claim last week that while I like mastermind more as a song dear reader would be a better closer on the main album I think I disagree with that now because the more and more I get to know mastermind I feel like it is a really good conclusion like of this song about anxiety of I tricked him into this and this is what our relationship has always been to him revealing to her that he's known the entire time. Mm. I feel like Dear Reader could have been a good closer, but I think it's a little lackluster. Hits different. If you're a longtime listener, you might notice at this point, I usually would put in a clip of the song Hits Different, but it is not yet on Spotify and it is still a Target exclusive, so I can't do that. But if you're savvy on the internet, you can go find it yourself. It's different. 18. Yes, it's you. Uh, 14. And I think it is simply because it sounds like it belongs at the end of a Netflix rom-com and I'm a rom-com girly to my core. Yeah. So if it makes me feel like if I'm listening to it with my headphones in and I'm walking down the street and I can pretend like I'm Zoe Deutsch and set it up, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this it. This one is another one that I don't feel like fits on Midnight's even as a bonus track. This yeah. is so speak now. It hurts to the point where like it's only available on the purple version of Midnight's that you can only get from Target and it sounds like sweeter than fiction. What if Hits Different is an Easter egg that Speak Now is next? That's what I'm saying. I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but Hits Different is such a juvenile style Taylor Swift song. I think the lyrics are a little juvenile. I think the production is really reminiscent of her juvenile music, the fearless speak now stuff. And that's not bad. I love that era of Taylor Swift and I'll eat it up, but it doesn't fit on midnights with her mature lyricism and sounds. Fair enough. I, I like it in Big Car because the line, I pictured you with other girls in love, then threw up on the street. <laughs> yeah, doesn't I, fit with her mature lyricism, but it's Not fun. at all. It's so <laughs> fun to me. I, I like it a lot. I mean, not a lot, a lot, because it still comes in at number 14, but I like it because it gives me those fun, youthful vibes, and I miss that. Yeah. I'm nostalgic for it for younger Taylor Swift. So getting new, young, quote unquote, Taylor Swift yeah. makes me so happy. Yeah, it so sounds like it belongs on her teenage albums. And I'll take it. Vigilante shit. On the vigilante shit again. 
vigilante ship is my number seven. It was my number four. It's number sixteen. Sixteen. Wow. So okay, I just have to tell you this because I think you'll laugh. Rebecca said to me, she goes, okay, she says I'm on my vigilante shit again right after talking about reporting something to the FBI. That's not being a vigilante. That's being an upstanding citizen. I don't know. It sounds almost like she's trying really hard to be edgy. And mm-hmm. even though I believe her, I believe that she believes she did vigilante shit, especially if she got Scooter Braun and his wife to split up. Yeah. But it hit me so hard off the beginning Mostly because of the line, I think he was doing lines and crossing all of mine. I want that as an Instagram caption forever. Yeah, that's my favorite line from it. This song, gosh, I agree that she's trying very hard to be cool because remember, at the core, she's just too soft for all of it. So when she sounds cool, she's trying really hard to sound cool. And I think knowing that further context kind of tarnishes when she's trying to sound really cool. Yeah. For me, this one has kind of, stood up the test of time a little bit because I've stopped applying it to Taylor Swift's life um Danny I know this doesn't mean a ton to you because you're not reading this book series that I'm reading but for anyone out there who's reading Throne of Glass tell me that this is not the main characters in Queen of Shadows to to like a T down to like she wanted cold hard proof so I gave her some she had the envelope where do you think she got it from if you know you know Mm. I, I feel like I that's what I need to do is I need to take a step back and like remove it from the context of Taylor Swift's life. It does make me yeah. feel like a baddie. Like Carlos was right. Lifting in the gym is sick as hell to the song. And I like it. And it's it's just the one that has bounced around the most for me because it was number four mm-hmm. and then it was 10 and then it was 18. And now it's 14 and it's just, oh, not 14. It's 16. It's oh, It was 14 last night. I changed it this morning. It's all over the place. This one's just, it depends on the mood that I'm in. If I'm in a baddie mood, it's higher. Yes. Last night at midnight it's when I was in my It's a mood when it's a mood. <laughs> it's a mood when it's a mood and it's not when it's not. Yeah. There's only one song left we haven't ranked. And it is my number one anti-hero. Must be exhausting, always rooting for the anti-hero. Ah, my number 12. Number 12? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. It's already, it's a great song. And I really like it. But it's already suffering Taylor Swift single syndrome for me. That's why I'm trying not to overwhelm myself with it because I don't want that Taylor Swift single syndrome to hit me. When when yeah. Matt told me that Wildest Dreams is his favorite Taylor Swift song, I immediately got judgy because it was a single. It's an excellent damn song. But this is like her newest single. So like talking to a non-Swifty, they're like, yeah, I love Antihero. And I'm like, do you even know the significance behind that song? Or are you just calling it your favorite because it's the only one that you listen to? I know. And that's my problem. And that's why when we first listened to it, it hit me so hard out the gate. And you can tell in our reaction video on TikTok. And I'm sad that it's suffering from that syndrome. It was already middle of the pack for you. It was like seven or eight or something. I didn't like hardcore relate to it. It just made me very sympathetic to Taylor. And I think it doesn't help that it's um, a mainstream TikTok trend with non-Swifties now too. And it's just like Blank Space. I recognize that Blank Space is an incredible song. I skip it. I hear it too much. 
same. And I don't want that to happen with me and anti-hero. So I'm trying to dosage myself with it, yeah. but there, the lines stood out to me immediately that just grabbed me that I did relate to. And then found out it wasn't relatable to most people. And it really killed me. <laughs> did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism, like some kind of congressman. That's a great line. It's a great line. And it's so relatable for me. And I can't always have a chat with my therapist about it. And when <laughs> my, when my depression works, the graveyard shift, all of the people I've ghosted stand there in the room yeah. also hit me hard. Wildly and even riddled. like the chorus of it's me hi I'm the problem it's me like we've all been there and feeling like we're the ultimate problem in all of our failed relationships and Taylor especially taking a meme of maybe Taylor Swift needs to write a song called I'm the problem because she's the common denominator in all her failed relationships and her turning that into like one of her best songs most well-performing songs it's so good it's so good I love it so much and I don't know what other album it would be on we also forgot to put vigilante shit on an album but I think we all know it would be reputation oh yeah without question wouldn't need anything changed yeah (laughs) antihero I it's so midnights to me I I don't think I could put it anywhere else if it if it were slowed down it would be on folklore evermore right yeah I feel like it would be on evermore it would be an ever more bonus track. Yeah. It'd fit in with like, it's time to go and right where you left me or something. I don't know. So that's the ranking. And I want you to read off your list. One to 21 really quickly. Okay. My list is one midnight rain two karma three lavender haze four would have could have should have five maroon six. You're on your own kid. I can only say it that way because of her mayhem, Midnight's Mayhem with me. You're on your own, kid. <laughs> Seven, Vigilante Shit. Eight, Paris. Nine, Mastermind. Ten, The Great War. Eleven, Sweet Nothing. Twelve, Antihero. Thirteen, Bejeweled. Fourteen, High Infidelity. Fifteen, Labyrinth. Sixteen, Question. Seventeen, Glitch. 18 hits different, 19 bigger than the whole sky, 20 snow on the beach, and 21 dear reader. One antihero, two karma, three you're on your own kid, four sweet nothing, five lavender haze, six maroon, seven would have could have should have, eight the great war, nine midnight rain, 10 question, 11 Paris, 12 bejeweled, 13, Mastermind, 14, Hits Different, 15, Bigger Than the Whole Sky, 16, Vigilante Shit, 17, Dear Reader, 18, Labyrinth, 19, High Infidelity, 20, Glitch, 21, Snow on the Beach. So interesting. To compare, especially, because we started this episode with our OG one listen rankings, ending it with more time to marinate one week exactly from the day we're recording this. It's amazing. It's so good. We're in our Midnight's Era officially what are we talking about next week it's a good question while you're doing that we didn't really have anything to tailor in this week because what we tailored about was about each other and it was what our rankings are obviously we're doing a lot of midnight centric stuff right now because well that's what everyone's doing but we're just glad you're here and we hope that your ratings are just as much fun to go through and that you enjoyed comparing them to ours yeah definitely let us know your favorites from the album which ones have kind of fell a little flat for you because I just think it's interesting hearing how different people interpret the same music as me even if it's wildly different than how I interpreted it oh yeah all right so next week 
is going to be a hot debate topic. Okay. What's next? 1989 TV or Speak Now TV? Ooh, and we're going to okay. compare and contrast all the Easter eggs that Taylor has given us hinting at what's coming next. Because let's be real. It's been a bit confusing and I have whiplash. Same. I'm going to make an argument for Speak Now and Olivia is yep. going to make the argument for 1989. Even though I'm a 1989 stan. It's my favorite yeah. one. We're going to make arguments like that, like a debate, <laughs> literally like a debate, yes, like a debate, <laughs> <laughs> send in your testimony so that we can use your arguments as well in our debate. Speak now versus 1989 TV next. Yes. It'll be so fun for this week. My name is Danny and I'm Olivia. We'll catch you next week. Bye.